Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hashtag SM Life, or a bonus episode from the Zupanski Wisdom series, as I like to call it. Today, we are talking with my sister, Courtney Zupanski. She is a photo producer currently based in Los Angeles, California, and she actually runs her own company which I think is so cool. And she's been doing it for a while now, but I will never stop thinking it's awesome and amazing and she's so cool. Uh, So anyways, we're gonna talk in this episode today about what she does and how it relates to stage management, a lot of the similarities, things that cross over. And of course, she's gonna drop a bunch of Zupanski wisdom on us because that's what my family does. So let's get started. Hi everyone, today we have my amazing sister, Courtney Zupanski. Hello world. Courtney is a rock star photo producer. I technically produce photo advertisements and editorials along with non-union video work. And that goes from anywhere from like a quick little BTS Instagram video to basically a non-union commercial. Because you're so fancy. Thanks. Uh, so Courtney's being super awesome and joining me today because she's a baller, frankly. And also, you know, a part of what I want this podcast to be is just a chance for stage managers to understand not only like what that term means in different industries, but also how the skill sets transfer. Okay, and so what do you do as a photo producer? So what that means is I do everything no one else wants to do. I, I do the budgets. <laughs> I do casting, I hire people, um, I provide options to the artist for choosing, you know, hair, makeup, styling, all of that. I find locations, and I make, you know, I present them to the clients to pick. Um, I'll handle hiring a prop stylist if needed, or a set designer, and I just make sure everyone's working together, everyone's talking, and it all makes sense while managing budget and um, anything logistical, I handle travel, you know, car services, hotels, flights, anything like that if they need it. Um, and I just make sure everyone's agents are aware of what's going on, and I handle the schedule and the call sheets and everything like that. When, when I interview with ad agencies or photographers, and they're like, so tell me you about your, pro- your production and what level are you and whatever, and that, the way I would describe it is, I'm the kind of producer where someone asks me for an elephant on an island, and I get them the elephant. Oh, good answer. Um, all right, let's just start at the beginning. Where did you start? How did you end up where you are today? Well, when I was in college, I wanted to be a photographer. That was my main goal. And as I got to the end of college, I started doing a couple internships. And then I realized, you know, I wasn't super creative the way a photographer needs to be, but I still liked being a part of the creativity and making the whole process happen, so I decided to focus on being a photo editor. Uh, When I graduated, I started working at a fashion magazine based in Santa Monica called C Magazine, and I was an assistant photo editor there. And what my job was, was basically I got to help on the photo shoots that we did, which were only two a month. We would do a cover shoot, and then we'd do a fashion shoot. And I got to help work on those, organize, and be on set and all of that. Then the rest of the time I was in an office doing retouching, color work, um, layout placements, making sure credits were right, and sourcing photo stock. Like, I did it for almost a year, and then 
by that point I realized it was not for me. Um, I loved being on set and I loved being part of the production side of it, but I just wasn't into all the office work and, you know, being in there from 9 to 5 every day and the hour commute to Santa Monica and the hour commute back at traffic hours. It wasn't for me. I always envisioned like a Devil Wears Prada lifestyle for you <laughs> while you were working there. <laughs> like that's what I thought your life looked like. <laughs> it was not that glamorous. Let's start there. <laughs> or that dramatic. That's fair. That's why I work in theater. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> then... You know, I was trying to spread my wings a little bit, get a little more into production before I left C Magazine, and I did this side shoot with this random magazine with a photographer, and it was all this TV actors, it was kind of like a roundup, they were doing a feature on like 15 different actors for like the fall's newest shows or whatever, and it was fine, it was whatever, it was a really small shoot, but at the end of it... I was talking to the photographer a little bit, telling him, like, I wanted to try and work with a production company or something, but I just didn't know how to go about it. And randomly, he had done a shoot the week before at this guy's beach house, and he had been talking to this guy, and it turned out he was a photo producer, and he was looking for someone. And somehow, like, why they had that conversation, I'll never know, and... Like, it was the one thing that photographer did for me was loop me in with this producer because we <laughs> I've never talked to that photographer since. <laughs> uh, we never worked together again. It was the most random connect-the-dots meeting ever. Oh. But I had a meeting with this producer. It went really well. And then I started working for him, and <laughs> it changed my life. Um, Aww. Yeah. It was the most <laughs> random, beautiful meeting ever. And it was just fate. So I started working with that producer. I worked full-time at a production company called Brockville Paris and left C Magazine. And then I worked there for two and a half, almost three years, I think. And you worked your way up while you were at Brockville, right? Yes. I started out as a coordinator, knowing nothing. And, you know, the producer that hired me, he trained me, taught me everything I needed to know. And I moved up, and then I was production manager. And then when he left, I became a producer. And I was producer for a couple months before they decided to close the LA office. And when they closed the LA office, what did you do? Well, we came freelance. So uh, Brockfield still had jobs in LA. They just wanted to start hiring people on a freelance basis. So I would still work with them. And then I also started working with some other production companies. And in my mind, you know... I was a producer for Brockfield, but I hadn't worked for any other companies ever. So I thought that I should try and be a coordinator or a production manager for some other companies, see how they work. After working for three or four companies, I just decided, nope, I'm a producer now. I've, I've learned everything you need to know. I've got the skills. And, you know, I went through some tough lessons. You know, I, I always believe that you can learn something from everyone. And it's true, you can. That still stands. But the main thing I learned from a lot of them is what to never, ever do. Ever. Ever again. <laughs> Never. You know, and it was a tough lesson. And um, I did work for this one company where, you know, they just treated everyone really poorly and they weren't prepared for... They had no right taking on a job that they did because they didn't do it right and it was just a mess. And, you know, when that happens in production, it's unsafe. People are put in positions where they could die. Like, they could get seriously injured. You know, what we do is really amazing and it's really cool and it's really great, but it's also really dangerous. And if you're not prepared for it, and if people don't do have the right things in place, it can get really scary really fast. And, 
this company, you know, I kept telling them on the way, like, you're missing this, you're missing this. They didn't. They were like, nope, we got it. And then it just went really bad. And it was really scary. And, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't just sit there and take it. And, you know, when you work for other companies, you know, you kind of have to do that. Like, you're not the boss. And I realized after that I had to be the boss because <laughs> I was never going to be put in that situation again. So then you did this extremely amazing, cool thing, and you started your own company. Yeah, it was the easy way out. <laughs> now, most people would not describe starting their own business as the easy way out. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not easy. Like, starting your business is hard. It's a lot of paperwork. It's a lot of, like, adulting that you have to do that no one wants to do. Okay? Like, no one wants to do it. But... You know, I know a lot of really great people that help me out, and, you know, I have a really great tax guy that helped me set up my company and did everything I needed to do, and, you know, it was the best thing I ever did for myself, was start my own company. Um, I don't think it's for everyone. <laughs> I think you have to know exactly what you want, and you have to have a way of getting it. So you got to lay the groundwork before you can just do it. You know, like, I didn't just decide one day and start a company. I had all, like, the tools to start a company. And sure. When I started a company, it was already something. Yeah. Like, you just put a title stuff. on it. Yeah, I put a title on it and I made it legit. Nothing is instant. There's no instant gratification. Like, it might sound like, you know, I had this one opportunity and then all of a sudden, wow, I was producer. But that was a long time, okay? Like, I put in a lot of hours. I was working, like, 16, 20-hour days every day at that office, like, on set, you know, getting yelled at consistently, like, I have horror stories no one ever wants to hear, <laughs> but, you know, I paid my dues, and it got me to where I am, and it's not like it's going to be easy, it was all really hard for a long time, extremely difficult, but I wanted to do it, and I put in the time, and the work, and the effort, and, you know, when you give someone an opportunity, I always view it as, like, this is the first step. If you do this step well, we'll go to step B, you know, and you just keep going down the list until eventually you get to where you're going. But what I find is so many people don't have the, they can't see ahead, and they can't see where that step is going to lead, and they just, they don't want to put in their, like, I don't want to do step A, B, and C, I just want to get to step Z, I want to be there already. And they don't, they're not willing to put in that time and that work, and then they just miss the step, and then five years later they're still waiting for the first step. That's real. I have so many friends uh, who recently, actually, have just been starting to do so well in their career. PAs will ask about them, or I'll be talking to other friends about them, and they'll be like, it's crazy how fast their career just happened and took off, and I don't understand because I've been doing, I've been hustling for so long, like, why am I not where they are? And I'm like, well, cool, like, yeah, like, all of a sudden they have these amazing opportunities after, like, five to 20 years of hustling for it just because this is the first time you're hearing their name doesn't mean this is the day they started working as a stage manager you know like a lot of people have to put in the legwork exactly <laughs> no one ever thinks that it's like oh all of a sudden I heard of them I never heard of them before it's like yeah because they were like you they were hustling and they were invincible okay so let's talk about PAs for a second because you and I both hire yes we have to hire for, you know, for a stage manager, for me, a lot of times I'm looking for assistant stage managers, I'm looking for PAs, I'm looking for interns or volunteers sometimes if I'm doing a big event and, you know, I just need some extra bodies. And for you, you you hire, like, so many people as a producer, right? You hire coordinators, you hire PAs, you hire project managers, production yeah. managers. What do you look for? 
I look for two things. <laughs> the first is that they can do the job, and they can do it well. But the second is, like, I need to know that I'm going to like them. Here's the deal. <laughs> like, I have to spend, if I'm going to hire someone like that, I'm spending a lot of time with them. Even a PA. Like, I'm on set with them for, like, minimum 14 hours probably, okay? Like, on any given day. And if I don't like them, I do not want them around me. This totally leads back to the whole industry thing about, you know, it's, it's who you know. And it's true, because at the end of the day, like... <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to hire someone if they're really crappy at their job. It's not going to happen. It's much easier for me if it's a referral with someone I know and trust or if I've worked with them on set somewhere else. But, you know, I'll, every once in a while I'll take, like, a cold meeting with someone. I'll look at their resume and if they have the experience. I mean, and look, like, if even if they're green and they're starting out, like, I might give them a trial. You know, I'll give them a job that's, like, not super crazy where I can see what they can do. And if they screw up, I have enough other guys that it's not going to matter. You know, I'll, I'll give people a chance. But they get one chance. <laughs> I can't, you know, that's the thing. Because I have a smaller company and it's still growing, I can't afford to, to hire people that aren't good at their jobs. Because it reflects on me because I hire everyone. So they get one chance, and they either take advantage of that chance and they do really well, or they suck at it and I never call them again. Yeah. You know, so, which just depends. So what, you know, for all of the potential PAs out in the world, people starting out, stage managers looking to try other genres, what's the number one mistake PAs make? You can't have an ego going into this. And the other thing is you have to be able to work together. You know, I always kind of view it like ants. <laughs> ants? Ants. They're, <laughs> ants are these really crazy creatures where, like, one on the, like, if just one ant all on its own, like, they're gonna die. <laughs> but when ants work together, they create these insane things. That's true. You know, like, have you ever seen an ant farm? It's insane what they can do together. Yeah. And how they can build things together and work together. And that's what production should be. Ants. <laughs> no one should be on their own because it doesn't go well. You can't do everything on your own. Mm-hmm. You have to work together. And if you're not working together, you're not doing it right. So if someone has an ego about something or, you know, it's another thing I found with other producers when I was working with other production companies, you know, they just expect the PAs to do everything for them and they don't ever help out or step in or, you know, pay attention. They just, you know, expect the PAs to run themselves and that's not how it goes. They, when you're running PAs, you have to lead them, and you have to tell them what to do and show them how to do, and you have to help out when they need help. And, you know, you've, yeah, you're a producer, but you're also a PA. Like, I mean, you, yeah, you still hang signage. You still exactly. do craft services. Yeah, you, you manage everything. You know, you, like, the PAs do most of the work, and you help out with all of them. And that's, you know, the biggest thing. So at the end of the day, you have to be willing to work with other people. You have to be willing to admit when you don't know how to do something or you need help because you should need help a lot of the time, and that's fine. All right, Courtney, what is one piece of advice you would give to your younger self that we can all think about and live from? Well, there would be two things I'd want to tell my younger self. You know, the first is that, you know, you can't compare yourself to other people. At, at the end of the day, everyone has their own experiences. And, you know, for the longest time I thought that, you know, right now I'm a coordinator, and if I do A, B, and C, that'll make me a producer. You know, all these other producers, they had to have gone through the same things, and they have to have, 
you know, you have to work with these kinds of people and this kinds of, you have to do these kinds of jobs. And once you've done all of that, then you get to be a producer. And that's just not how it works. You know, some producers, they start out as a producer. They have no experience and they just kind of do it until they figure it out. And they hire everyone to do things that they don't know how to do. And then, you know, other producers, they were a coordinator for, you know, seven, eight years before they started producing. So everyone's path is different. Um, and the hardest thing is to just not compare yourself to other people. And this, that leads into the second thing, which is that you have to just trust your gut. <laughs> More than anything else in this business, it's such a true thing because same thing. No one goes through the experiences that you have. We're so lucky with our industry because we get to have so many different experiences. We get to work with so many different people, work in so many different locations, have work on so many kinds of jobs. And it's great, but it also means that none of us work, none of us have the same experiences. We can work on the same job and have completely different experiences. So no one knows what you know. And so with that, you know, if someone asks you to do something, only you know if you can do it. And only you know if you're going to do it correctly. And sometimes you get asked to do things that put you in a really bad position. And only you know if it's okay or not. And if your gut says that it's not a good thing, if your gut says, no, I shouldn't be doing that, or that sounds really stupid, or I can't do that, it's okay to say that. And no one's going to step up for you but yourself. So you might be on set with another, like, say you're a PA and you've got another PA beside you. And someone asks you to do something. That PA might be totally experienced enough to handle that, no problem. They've done before, not a big deal. And you're doing the same job there, so they expect you to do it too. But if you don't know how to do it, and it's really dangerous if you don't know how to do it, like, say no, <laughs> you know? And there were so many times where, you know, I just said, well, I have to figure this out, I have to do it. And yes, to a degree, you know, yeah, this job is about figuring out how to do things, but I was put in so many bad positions that were so dangerous and life-threatening at times, and the biggest thing that I had to learn was you also have to advocate for yourself because no one else is going to do that. Preach. That is some solid advice, Granny. And you don't even read the Malcolm Gladwell, Brene Brown, no. any of that. You just... I do not. You're just wise. Thanks. <laughs> you're just so wise, Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> I learned I learned the hard way more than anything else. Everything, only any advice that I would give to people or that I tell people, so much of it is through just horrible experiences and like <laughs> learning what not to do because other people did it. Well, and that's what's so hard, right? In the moment when people are like, I'm going through the worst experience of my life, and you're like, yeah, but you're going to be so much better for it. And everyone's yeah. just like, just make it better. I was. I remember I always was like, why won't you help me make this not terrible? And it's like, people would be like, because it has to be terrible. Yeah, you, you have, have to, to go have, through it. Everyone has to go through something. And it's kind of like this changing point in your mind, you know? And honestly, sometimes the best training is learning, is like, you know, really screwing up really bad and then never doing it again. So many things that I do now on set and in production that I do really well and, you know, I make sure are so tight and on point. People are always like, oh, my God, like, this is so great. Like, you do this so well. Like, this is so smooth. And it's like, yeah, because I know what it's like when it's not smooth. And I vowed never, ever again. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, there's this really amazing stage manager, Peter Lawrence. 
and anyone that really talks to Peter Lawrence gets any kind of advice for him, the first thing he'll tell you is, everyone should be fired once in their lives, right? Everyone needs to fail at some point because you're only better for having been through it. Just It's just hopefully the one time you fail isn't... Life-altering. Life-altering. Yeah. <laughs> and even if it is, you know, everything happens for a reason. That's the biggest thing, you know? Like, you may, like everyone makes mistakes. We're human. It's going to happen. No one's perfect. But if you don't learn from those mistakes, you'll never Ugh. get anywhere. You have to you have to pay attention to everything everyone's doing and hopefully you're paying enough attention that you're also learning from other people's mistakes. Yep. Cuz you got to make your own mistakes. If you make the same mistakes <laughs> as other people, you're just wasting your time. <laughs> That's so good. All right, so Courtney, if people want to follow you on Instagram, where do they go? They go to CJ Zupanski. Hey, follow her on Instagram. <laughs> Check out Courtney's website. It's www.courtneyjoneszupanski.com. <laughs> Nailing it. Well, Courtney, thank you so much for letting me interview for this podcast. Anytime. Well, that concludes another episode of Hashtag SM Life. Uh, by now you know the drill, but just in case, a few things before you go. Make sure that you rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it. It's going to help other stage managers find our show. Also, make sure to click subscribe so you see the new episodes as they show up every week. This podcast is presented by the Stage Managers Association. If you want to keep up with the SMA on social media, they have all the socials. They have Twitter, they have Facebook, they have Instagram. Definitely check them out. Also, if you want to keep up with me on the socials, you can look for me on Instagram at Morgan underscore Zupanski. On this week's episode of Hashtag SM Life, you heard from Courtney Zupanski and myself, Morgan Zupanski. Thanks again for listening and stand by for more episodes soon.